Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. Looking out the window in my palatial studio in Fort Collins, the sun is shining and the weather is warming up. It's certainly not warm yet. I think it was 7 above just a little while ago at my house. But um, it's supposed to get warmer. We'll see if the warm air that's coming in can fight through this cold and frozen ground with with snow on it. That could be a question. But it's going to warm up. Over the next week, we're going to probably hit the 50s. It got really cold, though, for a few days. And I'm, I haven't been out to personally check, but we're going to have a lot of people on later in the show that have been out checking front range ice. So we're going to give you an update on that. And that'll be mostly in the second hour. But I think there's going to be fishable ice on the front range without having been out. But a safety issue, we're going to have to really stress the safety issue. We'll talk more about that and those opportunities. Parks and Wildlife is going to join us. And maybe if you're looking for a seasonal job, they got something to offer you. And we're going to have a few other special features during today's show. So we got a lot to cover. I, again, I want to wish everybody out there a happy Christmas Eve. Uh, remember, the cold weather is going to get warm. Enjoy your holiday. And if you get something outdoors special for Christmas, maybe take somebody with and share it. A friend, a relative, a sibling. You might find out just how many memories you can create. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from the Blue Quill Angler is Chris Steinbeck. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well, and uh, I'm remembering why I don't miss northern Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) The last last winter I spent in northern Minnesota, Chris, we had 60, 60 days where the warmest temperature of the day never got above zero. Oh, my. I don't know if I can do that, Terry. I couldn't do it at all. I couldn't do it anymore. But, you know, we're going to talk. You've got some events coming up, and we're going to talk about that, and we're, we're going to talk about some places you're going to be. But we're going to talk about some winter fly fishing. Now, I know this bitter cold weather has probably developed some shelf ice, and a lot of parts of rivers are frozen over. But a lot of these tailwaters are going to be very fishable probably by tomorrow and into next week, certainly with that warmer weather. And it can be some of the best fishing of the year. What are you seeing out there now, and what do you look to happen over the next week or two? You know what? You're dead on right, Terry. It's a um, We are seeing winter conditions out there, not just with the cold snap this week, but we've been seeing that for about the last month or so. And you know what that means for us fly fishermen is we focus on those tailwaters, and those tailwaters are just rivers that are controlled by a dam. And usually there's enough flow coming out where the main current stays open. And, and like you said, there might be some bank ice, um, especially after these cold snaps. But winter fly fishing gives you an opportunity to get away from some of the summer crowds that we see on the warm months. You have an opportunity because you're fishing, you know, this time of year our tactics change. Where in the summer we're fishing faster water, shallower water. Now as things get cold, we're fishing a lot of the slow water, slow, deep water, where those fish aren't spending a lot of energy. And what that sets you up as a fly fisherman is, you know, that happens to be where all the big fish hold too. So you have an opportunity to catch some really quality fish in the wintertime. You don't have, you know, you'll see some people fishing, but not nearly the crowds that we see in the summertime. And you have sections of the river to yourself. And, 
you know, it could be just so peaceful in the wintertime. It is such a great time to get out there. Don't put those long rods away yet because we have a great winter ahead of us here. Well, I, w- I couldn't agree more. And some of my best fly fishing trips have been January, February, when I was I had a February trip where it had been almost 20 below the weekend before, and I had postponed the trip. And then the next week we got a warm-up, kind of like we're having now, quite, not quite this much, but it got in the 30s, maybe 40. And the river was open enough in a tailwater. This was below the Big Thompson. And it was open mm-hmm. enough that it was pretty uh, easy fishing. Like you said, the currents were low. But once I yep. found a pool, those slow pools, like you said, holding fish, if I was downriver from that pool, I could cast up above that pool and almost get a fish every time I came through it. And they were so stacked in there that pulling one out didn't spook the other fish because there were so many. And I think the only reason I moved that day was just to fish a different spot. I certainly didn't have to. So it can not only be a chance for success, it can be ultra successful if you happen to hit it just right. What are some of the rivers and, and places you like to go in the winter and how are they faring right now? You bet. You bet. So we fish a lot on the South Platte River in the wintertime. Uh, we fish down at Deckers quite a bit. Deckers is a pretty reliable winter fishery. Um, you know, the tactics you want to, like we said, slow water, you want to fish really small flies, you know, small midges in the size of 20s, 22s, 24s. Um, red is a great color this time of year, little red blood midges. Uh, black is always a good color. Um, but we're fishing a lot there at, uh, at Deckers. The, the Blue River and Silverthorne is a really good winter fishery as well. Um, so that's a really good option. And the uh, Arkansas River down below Pueblo stays, you know, obviously a little warmer down there in the winter, and that's another really good, reliable fly fishing spot. Oh, that Arkansas River below Pueblo is one of my favorite fisheries. I actually haven't fished it for a few years. I have to change that. You know, even before they did the restoration, they've done a lot of stream improvement down there, put in some special regulations to favor the trout fishing, especially when you get away from the dam a little bit. It has really blossomed into a great year-round trout fishery. And as you approach the dam, you're liable to get almost anything that might be in the reservoir. I've had days where I've not only caught a number of trout, but I've caught walleyes and smallmouth bass and wipers. I even caught a huge catfish one time below that dam. And that's just a great fishery that just stays open. It does. It does. And like you said, it's fun because if you, especially high up, like you were saying, you're not quite sure exactly what you're fighting. And that's always that anticipation. See what's on the other end of the line. That is yeah, such a good time down there. Like you kind of get that when you saltwater fly fishing, which I've been, you know, you've been doing lately quite a bit of, you ever get that? Of course, a lot of it's sight fishing. So you see, but sometimes you blind cast and salt. And you hook up, yeah. and it pulls like a truck, but you have no idea what you're hooked up to. <laughs> it's so much fun. So much fun. And, yeah, I have been doing a little bit of salt fishing and, um, yeah, just going somewhere a little bit warmer. And, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a good time. I know you were down in that southern Louisiana, um, Venice area, which is, to me, one of the most incredible redfish areas in the world. What did you think of it? And would you recommend trips down there to people? Oh, but if you haven't gone, the red fishing down there is so incredible. Um, whether you're fly fishing or conventional fishing, it doesn't matter. There's so many fish. Um, you know, the Louisiana is, is, is just, it's the culture's fun, the food, the music. Um, there's so many good things about that trip. Fishing was obviously the icing on the top, but, um, 
Yeah, I would. I'd go back in a heartbeat if anybody has a chance to go back. It fishes great year round down in New Orleans, um, down near Venice, south, which is south of New Orleans. Um, but specifically in the winter months, October through the winter, um, that's when their big bull red fish come and stage on the flats. And um, yeah, it's just incredible. The fish, the bites are great. And I don't have enough good things to say about down fishing in Louisiana. Well, anybody who is interested, I have two videos on my YouTube channel, one conventional fishing down there and one sight fishing for um, sight fishing with fly rods. So go to the best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom and check it out. And we don't have any financial stake in this, either one of us. Just it's just a great trip. Hey, before we run out of time, there's a couple of things coming up I want to talk to you about. One of those every winter uh, you have you happen to have one of the most renowned guides in the United States who just happens to work at your shop, Mr. Pat Dorsey. And yeah. he, he started doing some clinics and you guys do with him. And I believe some of the others, some winter clinics starting pretty soon. Yeah, we do. We run those throughout the winter months. Um, these winter clinics, um, and you, and Pat is the Peyton Manning of fly fishing and he is such a professional guide. And what we saw throughout the years was there was a lot of intimidation of people, um, fishing in the wintertime. They just, the tactics change and they weren't confident. And so what we do is we run these winter clinics and we go to the North Fork of the South Platte outside of Bailey on a private lease. And so we don't have to deal with the crowds. It's a little bit more controlled environment. And uh, we run these all winter long. We, it's usually Pat and a guy named John Kefover. And we do a max of six people per clinic and you get hands-on knowledge of how to fish in the winter different flies, ways to set up, and you spend the day fishing on one of the more beautiful private leases around. And, um, yeah, it's incredibly fun. We, we run those all winter. We consistently post dates out via email and social media. Um, so follow us at the Blue Quill Angler um, or sign up for our email list on our website, and it's a great way of understanding when those dates come available um, and the best way to sign up for them. And I believe there's some coming up right after the new year, like second or third. So people will want to take advantage of that. One more thing I want to talk to you about, and that's the International Sportsman's Exposition is coming. It's back to a more normal time. It's going to be the 12th, I believe, of, of January. It's coming up in two, three weeks anyway. And, uh, of course, Karen and I are going to be there. Karen, Karen runs the, uh, the fishing speakers and she doesn't let me talk. I never could understand that. <laughs> <laughs> but she says she's got better speakers. In fact, um, a couple guys from your shop are going to be there. Pat's one, and I believe Carrie's the other one. And you guys are going to have a booth. Tell us about your presence there. Yeah, you bet. So Pat will be there, and Carrie Carragher will be there. They'll be giving fly fishing presentations the whole show at the ISE. Um, for us, we've been at the ISE for 25-plus years, and it's such an incredible show. It's great this time of year when you're in the middle of winter and it gets everybody fired up and there's just a diverse amount of booths from hunting to fishing to fly fishing. And um, we will be there with our big booth at the Blue Quill Angler. Um, we're going to be trying to get people. If you're intimidated, don't know how to start fly fishing, we're going to be there for you. We're there to answer any questions you have. Um, we're going to have all of, you know our top guides out there, our top shop guys there to help answer questions. Um, and you'll see us. You'll see us about halfway down the casting pond when you get to the show in a few weeks. And um, Terry, I am just so excited. We love the ISC so much, and I can't tell you how good it is to be back and see another full year here. Well, you know, we went 
with because COVID, we didn't have an ISE. And then we had kind of a partial one in the spring that went over pretty well, but it didn't feel the same because, like you said, we're used to doing it when we're not competing with being outdoors. And uh, this is my first show back at the right time in the middle of winter, and I used to do dozens of these shows. But this is my chance, too, to hook up and talk to the public. Uh, you know, they get, they get to reconnect. I think COVID kind of, it you know, we all got kind of isolated. Now is a chance for us for me to reconnect with the listeners to the show, for you guys to reconnect with customers and just avid anglers. It just gives us all a chance to, uh, to kind of say hi again, see how things are going. And, and you know, sometimes you hear the best, next best thing catching fish or fishing is talking about fishing. In fact, a lot of fish get caught at that ISE show. <laughs> you bet, and a lot of big fish at that. So Pat and Carrie will be... Pat, Pat and Carrie will be speaking at the show. You guys will have a big booth. And by the way, folks, yes. I'm going to be giving out two pair of ISE tickets free today during this show. And anything we talk about could be fair game for the, the questions I might ask. So pay attention during the show. And from now through the show, even the first Saturday of the show, I've got a bunch of free tickets to get away. And then once again, if people want to take advantage of the Pat Dorsey Winter Clinics, how do they do that? You bet. Come follow us. At, call us at the shop at 303-674-4700. You can find us online at bluequillangler.com or bluequillangler for our social media. Um, and, and real fast, Terry, I, kudos to Karen because uh, for all you folks out there, the speaker setup that she has set up for the ISE, I mean, it's the entire show. There's someone really credible talking, and I just, I'm so looking forward to it. So good work on Karen's part for setting up a great schedule. Thank you so much. She'll appreciate it, even if she didn't schedule me. But that's, <laughs> actually, actually I'm, host, I'm hosting the theater, so I'm, I'm whining a little bit, so that's okay. <laughs> All right, so we're going to uh, let you go, Chris, and we will, if we don't talk to you before, certainly <clears throat> right now, have a rare, very Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, Terry and Karen and everybody out there. Hope everybody has a great holiday and a nice time with their family. All right. We'll see you soon, Chris. Thank you. You bet. I tell you what, folks, I'm going to give you a chance to win two international sportsman's tickets <clears throat> during, <clears throat> uh, during this next break. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. If you text at 303-713-1043, that's 303-713-1043, the name of the guide that's going to be doing these clinics that Chris referred to as the Peyton Manning of fly fishing, first one to text the name of that guide gets two free tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. We're going to take time out, and we come back, we're going to tell you how you might get a part-time job or a temporary job or seasonal that could turn into a full-time career on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Way to go with that Christmas music, Dante. We're going to get everybody in the spirit. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife, Wildlife is uh, Devin Walsh. Good morning, Devin. Yes, good morning. It's wonderful to be here, Terry. Thank you so much for having me. 
great to have you on, and we're going to be interacting quite a bit over the next few years, I hope. You're doing a great job of helping line up the guests for the uh, segments we do, and you you lined yourself up today, and with good reason. You know, I was thinking after we spoke during the week, Devin, that this time of the year, people kind of sometimes take inventory of where their life is at, where they want to go, whether you're young and just starting out, or whether you're maybe into a career path, but you're not sure about it. And this is a great time to talk about an opportunity to maybe change that career path. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this is something you can talk very well about because you started this way. And that's with the seasonal ranger and tech programs that are available at Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Is that right? Yes, that's absolutely right. Um, you know, two of the comments we would get the most when I was working as a seasonal were like, how did you get this job? And wow, I wish I did what you're doing. Um, so I think this is a great opportunity to kind of delve into how to go about applying and then also how to make that a reality. Um, and to encourage, you know, others to apply and know that it's definitely never too late to switch career paths. <laughs> oh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I used to um, help out or at least did some consulting to uh, everybody, I think, in the fishing world knows who Al Linder is. And you know, him along with Brad Peterson, who you hear on the show, every year uh, in Troy Linder did a, it was called uh, Careers in the Outdoors. Because everybody looks at us, you know, I was on TV, a writer, the radio show. They look at Al and everything he's done. And they want to be in the outdoors. Well, there's more people not making money doing what I do than there are that have been successful. And that doesn't mean if you have that dream, you shouldn't try it. And there's guiding opportunities and there's sales opportunities with outdoor manufacturers and retailers. There's lots. But one job that definitely puts you in the outdoors is working for Parks and Wildlife. And it's definitely outdoors. Now, the one thing I want to clarify to everybody, an outdoor job isn't, it should be called a job that's in the outdoors because the first word should be job. It is a job. But if you love the outdoors, it just gets you get to live your passion and you gain opportunity, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would hardly, you know, even though you are getting paid and it is kind of the 40-hour work week, um, definitely does not feel like a job at all. <laughs> yeah, and let's um, kind of talk about, before we get into how and who qualifies, um, mm -hmm. the seasonal jobs are different than a part-time job or a volunteer at Colorado Parks and Wildlife. As you mentioned, these are full-time, 40-hour-a-week jobs. They're just during different times of the year. Is that right? And are most of them in the summer? Yes, absolutely. So there are some that go over um, the winter season, um, but most seasonal employment terms are typically nine months or less. And you'll see the highest volume will actually be in the summertime because obviously that's when visitation numbers kind of skyrocket as well. Um, that being said, though, you know, they'll start posting their job applications now, so like December, January. So if you're looking into getting into a summer position, it's definitely not a bad idea to start checking it out now. <laughs> and so what are the qualifications? There's two positions kind of, and that's ranger and tech. Is that right? Yeah, for the most part, absolutely. So the Title 33 ranger or limited commission ranger position um, that's actually going to be the majority of the um, employees that you see running around <laughs> that are actually on patrol. Um, you do have to be 21 years old for that position, but if you wanted to move into like a tech position, for example, like aquatic nuisance species, those are the guys that run around and clean the boats and make sure that the lakes don't get cross-contaminated with invasive species. 
Um, that one, you just have to be 16 years or older. <laughs> and then is there other qualifications? Do I need a degree? I mean, I know when they do the annual hiring, a lot of mm -hmm. the positions with Parks and Wildlife need a particular degree or, or equivalent experience. What's the qualification there? Yeah, so no degree required at this time. Um, definitely there is preference that's given to maybe some college students that are looking towards pursuing a natural resources degree, um, but that's certainly not, not a requirement. Like for me, for example, I have a degree in anthropology uh, with an archaeological concentration, um, and so it's not exactly natural resources per se, but, you know, they, they still took me on. <laughs> And if I'm a college student and want to do this through the summer, mm -hmm. um, do I have to go the whole nine months or can I, is there shorter terms available? Nope, absolutely not. So you can, um, most parks are pretty good about working around your schedule. So like if you wanted to start in May when your finals are done and you want to go back in like August or September, they will absolutely accommodate that. Um, at least in my experience, I've, I've never seen any issue with that. Now, how do how do I apply, and is each park hire individually, or is there a central hiring? Oh, yeah. So um, every park will post, you know, different applications, um, and that will go through each park specifically, so there's not, like, one big portal that you'll go through. Um, and that will be listed on our current openings page. Um, and then from there, it'll actually take you to uh, governmentjobs.com where you'll actually see the different locations listed. Um, and then each application will go into more depth about, you know, what accommodations they might have for you and then also like what specific requirements they're looking for. You know, speaking of accommodations, in some areas, there's even housing available, isn't there? Yes, that's absolutely right. Um, so not every park, and of course they'll list that on the application, but for some of them, like Chatfield, I know, um, they'll actually have on-park housing for staff. So that way they can kind of, you know, combat the crazy rents around the Denver area, but still get to get to work in the park and, and be right there, which is actually pretty fantastic. <laughs> it really is. So there's a central site you start at, and then that takes you to the individual jobs. Is that right? Yes, absolutely right. So if you go to coloradoparksandwildlife.com, um, go to our current openings page, and then, of course, it'll list, you know, how to get involved with volunteer work, but also how to do the seasonal employment application as well. What a great opportunity. I mean, for especially uh, somebody who wants to, is going to school for that, or just wants to dip their toe in the water and find out if that type of a lifestyle might be a career path for them. And I'll tell you what, folks, and I say this to everybody, not that you can't make a great living in the outdoors, you can but the true rewards of a job in the outdoors is you're working with your passion. You're out there. Um, it's just, you're never going to be working a day in your life. You're going to be outdoors and enjoying your passion. And it's really rewarding, isn't it, Devin? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Then that I totally feel is an understatement. You know, it's like the only job where I've had the absolute best days of my life. And I've, you know, been like, I don't really want to go home. Like, <laughs> I'm having a great time. <laughs> All right. Well, Devin, we are out of time, but your enthusiasm, if that doesn't get some people excited about these opportunities, I don't know what will. I just want to wish you a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday in case I don't speak to you for a while. Thank you. You too. Merry Christmas and everybody else as well. <laughs> All right, Devin. Great opportunity. I'll post this during the week, the podcast of this, folks, so you can re-listen to it. Thanks, Devin. Have a great holiday. Thank you. You too, Terry. Take care.
Bye-bye. You bet. Uh, Terry Wixom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. by Jack's Outdoor Gear. If you've got last-minute shopping for your outdoor enthusiast, just go to a Jack's store near you. You can get it all done there. You won't fight the crowds at the malls yet. You'll get good, knowledgeable, experienced people to help you out. Just a great place to go. Now, speaking of a great place to go, let's go to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is uh, Debbie Leninger. Good morning, Debbie. Hi, Terry. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. I weathered the cold. It reminded me of my northern Minnesota days, but it's supposed to start warming up, but it formed some ice. We're going to talk about that later on. Uh, but there's lots going on, and lots going on at Parks and Wildlife, too. We get to this time of the year, there's always special events and, and things happening. And I think one that um, we talk about every year around this time, you know, a lot of times a lot of us don't pay as much attention to maybe our exercise and and eating properly over the holidays, if you get what I mean. <clears throat> but Parks has a, <clears throat> excuse me, an event that comes up right after New Year's that's, uh, that's really can help us all get back in that groove, doesn't it? Right. When you're sitting down December 31st and making your resolutions for the next year, your first one should always be first day hikes. We offer a program every January 1st called First Day Hikes. And most of our parks are offering special hikes that day where you can go in. Sometimes you have to make a reservation, but most of the times you can just show up. But you go on a little hike with a guided tour guide, and you talk about the nature and surroundings and, you know, all of the winter wonder that's out there that people just don't realize that it's as good to go hiking in the winter as it is in the summer. Well, I'll tell you, with today's clothing and the uh, what we have the under and people understanding how to layer and dress properly. Uh, more people just want to get outdoors. You know, I, I think especially after COVID, but even prior to that, people just don't want to be cooped up inside. They like, people who live in Colorado love the outdoors, and it's been trending for a long time. For people to do more winter hiking, more winter camping, snowshoeing, cross country skiing, all those activities. And here's a chance to kind of go as a group and dip your toe in. How do I find out about the different parks? Do I just go look at the parks I might want to go to? Right on our website, we have a feature called Parks Finder. It's on the homepage at the CPW website, which you can just Google Colorado Parks and Wildlife and the website will come right up. It's called a Parks Finder. And you just go in and you can sort by park that's located close to you and then figure out what hikes they're offering that day or what trails are there. There's maps on the website. Um, And you can always call ahead if you have questions. We have staff working all of the parks. Um, We do have a couple visitor center closures over the holidays on the 26th our visitor centers are closed but the park is still open for hiking and then same thing on january 2nd but on first day hikes we're all open and welcoming everybody yeah and this is actually a national event isn't it yes it started gosh i'm not sure the first year it started but it went national in 2012 and they are just encouraging. It's a great way to spend your New Year's first day of the year to get 
you know, just get energized and get out there. And we've all had a little bit too much holiday food, so it's always good for the exercise <laughs> program, too, which is always good for your mental health as well. No, it's always good to get outdoors, and it really helps. It does help focus you to do with other people, to join other people. It gets you that helps discipline you to get going again. I want to segue from that into a, uh, there's some there's a, some things coming up on the trail program that you're going to have a Facebook feature on that. Tell me about that. Right. It just started. We're really excited about it. It's actually not Facebook. It's Instagram. So if you go okay. search for our Instagram channel, it's at Theo Parks Wildlife. There's no and in the middle of it. And it's designated with Theo for Colorado because several other states have Lots of Instagram, so we try and designate it that way. But every Thursday, we're posting live from a trailhead what what the conditions are. Is the trail easy, hard? What's the elevation climb? And because it's live information right there, it'll tell you is it icy, is it muddy? Um, you know, things. We have over 500 mil, miles of trails within the park system, and we want to just encourage people to try a different one. And we'll be all over the state this year, and we're really excited to introduce the program. So that's something to watch for if you're not following us on the Instagram channel yet. It's a great place. Plus, there's lots of other exciting things and beautiful photographs. I'm amazed at how our staff captures so many fun things. Plus, we share what other people are doing out and about. And it's been a really good way to keep down on social trails. We want people to stay on the trail and not go around a mud puddle and make a social trail or, you know, you got to clump over that ice sometimes to just stay on the trail. And this program is going to help with that. So we're excited. Now this trail program, is it just hiking trails or is it equestrian trails, motorized trails? What does it entail? Multi-use is most trails in Colorado. So we're encouraging, we will be encouraging and showing trails of all different types of use, including motorized. Most people don't realize it, but a lot of our trails funding for improving and maintaining our trails comes from gas tax. So we appreciate everybody who's driving their vehicles and their, you know, motorized outdoor recreational vehicles because that tax is coming back to our system to help with the hiking trail. No, I actually used to be on several of the committees that gave out some of these funds. In fact, I still do. The fishing is fun. And fun and a lot of what people don't realize they see stuff being done most of what you see being done in the outdoors is funded by outdoor users through user fees or taxes on outdoor gear and it's self-sustaining and and it's to see that money in use is really wonderful a couple other things i want to touch base i know we're gonna we're getting close we'll talk about it more in the next couple of weeks but i'm excited the international sportsman's exposition is going to be here starting january 12th and I'm assuming Parks and Wildlife is going to have a real nice presence there. Yes. We are always in support of this event because it's the first event of the year, kind of like first day hikes, kind of gets you out there moving back to their regular January time frame after COVID. And we have a big booth, and we're always in the back of the hall because we, everyone wants to always find us. So they have to make their way all the way through all of the new exhibitors and people exhibiting with new gear and camping gear and you know, they've even got mountain furniture places. That It's just fun to see all the new stuff. That's the most exciting part about the show. But if you have specific questions, it's a really good opportunity to come back to our booth and just ask questions. We usually have an officer 
who's working the booth. We have our boating safety program, our invasive species. We have new information about any new programs coming up. The regulations aren't out yet, and that's always the number one question, but we've got information on when they'll be out and how to get them. But it's amazing. I sit in on the phone center phone calls sometimes, and it's amazing the types of questions that people have. And a unique thing that they have at the Sportsman's Expo is the campfire theater. Those are kind of more intimate settings where you can learn one-on-one in different seminars. Like if you're new to the outdoors and you want to learn how to layer up or what the best layers in new equipment, like you were talking about, you can get at Jack's Outdoor Sports. The, it's important for people, because the weather changes so fast in Colorado, like the 70-degree drop we just had the other day, um, yeah. be prepared before you go and to know before you go. Some equipment's necessary. Some equipment is not necessary. You don't want to, you know, tie yourself down with a bunch of equipment you don't need, but you definitely need the essentials. And some of those campfire talks are really interesting, plus the big seminars that they offer. Well, we are out of time, Debbie. I know we were also going to mention, you know, you can still purchase things online on the website today. Go there if you're looking for a last-minute gift. You can buy one for a stocking stuffer yet, I think. And we will see you at the ISE, uh, Debbie. And I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a tremendous holiday. Thank you. You too. All right, Debbie from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. We're going to take a quick time out. And when we get back, a special guest is going to join us. And it's going to be uh, something special to me, but it's also going to lead into something that's always been kind of a mantra on this show about getting people outdoors. All that more coming up on Terry Wixom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wixom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, and I... I'm sure, yeah, we are, I'm still connected. I think for a minute my phone did something funny. But anyway, we have a special segment to do right now today. And this is very special to me because you hear me talk on the show all the time about the value of getting outdoors, the value system it brings, the memories you can create with people, the bonding you can do. There's just no other activity that uh, encompasses that or, or even parallels that. And joining me today on this segment is uh, my grandson, Hayden Wickstrom. Good morning, Hayden. Good morning, Papa. Hey, how's the weather out there? It's a little cold out there, but you live in Wiggins, I'll bet. Yeah, it's 14 degrees. There's not much wind or snow. That's good, because it got cold there for a while. Yeah, it was negative 20 the other day. Now, you and I got to go on a trip, but it's only part of what I want to talk about. You've always had a little bit of involvement in the outdoors. Your mom has been a, loves to camp. So you've done some camping, a little bit of fishing. And by the way, folks, Hayden is uh, 14. He's just going to turn 15 here shortly. But this fall, you kind of got a chance to really step into a couple outdoor activities, didn't you? Yes, I did. And and you hated it, right? Oh, part of it. I hated the ice fishing because I had to go with my, my mean grandpa, but... Oh, I'm going to overlook that, and we're going to talk a little bit, Hayden. But thank you. You know, that kind of camaraderie and joking around is kind of fun. Um, You did two things this year. You went hunting for big game, and then you went on an ice fishing trip with me, both of which were your first experience in those things. 
and I want to start with your hunting trip, and I want to give I want you to give thanks. Uh, you had an opportunity to go to big to go big game hunting, and and those that was because of some people that you know that took you under their wing and mentored you and took you out. Tell us who those people are, and let's give them a thanks. Uh, so it's Sean Davis and Tracy Davis that took me on the hunting trip, and then yeah, I guess. And and where did you go hunting? Um, between Meeker and Craig in Axial Basin. Now, you had never been hunting before, is that right? No, I have not. And they kind of took you in under their wing, and they <clears throat> taught you what you needed to do, and they were with you on the whole trip, right? Yeah, they were. They guided me through everything. From and sounds like these are real... These are really nice people. And so how did that hunt turn out? Did you manage to see any animals? Yes, we saw a whole bunch of elk and not as many deer as I thought we would have, but still quite a few. And and then did you end up harvesting an animal? So we filled most of our tags. We got uh, two elk and three bucks. But you personally got a mule deer, right? Yes, I did. And that was your first big game harvest. What was the feeling yeah. like? Now, you, you've been preparing for this. I'm sure you shot the gun a little bit before you went, and they told you all about it and told you how to dress and took you out there, really gave you the, you know, the, the ability to experience this. Was it exciting? It was really exciting. It felt like all the work that we did before paid off, I guess. And is it something you're hoping to do again? I'd love to do it again. And this is kind of gets you hooked in the outdoors when you get out there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It gives you an uh, adrenaline, uh, adrenaline rush. So you just want to get again. Yeah, and this is, folks, a young man who was on the wrestling team. He's He's used to those adrenaline rushes. But there's something special about being out there and the first time you get a chance to harvest an animal. And I tell you what, we really want to extend a hearty thanks again to Sean and Tracy Davis for giving, taking you under the wing, giving you that time. And, folks, I want to use this point to mention if there's a person in your life that maybe you think would love to get out and do some hunting or fishing and they haven't had a chance to go or maybe they don't have an opportunity for someone to go with at the time, you know what? Talk to them, invite them. You're going to create memories and friendships that will last the rest of your life. I would think that you and Sean and Tracy have some real special moments now, don't you? Yeah, we're even talking about starting uh, forging knives. So Yeah, so you're going to go off of that. That's just tremendous. Now, you did go ice fishing, even if it was with your mean grandpa. Let's talk about that a little bit. Had you ever been ice fishing before? No, I've just done some a little bit of fishing just off the shore. When I first asked you if you wanted to go ice fishing with me, you kind of were hesitant, weren't you? Yeah, I, well, I didn't think it'd be too much fun and be real cold. So, And and also, you weren't so sure about going out on the ice. That's what most people feel. But first well, question, did you ever feel we weren't safe? No, I felt safe the whole time. So. And we had a good time. And was it was it not fun? Was it boring? No, it was really fun because, I mean, we caught, what, 20 fish, I guess? Yep, we did. 
and we got to you got to do some different types. You got to look down the hole and see the fish, and you got to watch the fish on electronics as they were moving below us. What did you think about those two experiences? I definitely like watching the fish in the hole a lot more than the electronics, but I think the electronics definitely would help with catching the fish. And and it, and it wasn't as cold as you thought either, was it? You were dressed properly, and we had a shelter. Well, since you helped me with getting the right stuff to stay warm, yeah, it wasn't too cold. Although we did it, we did have to fight some really strong wind though for a good part of the morning, didn't we? Yeah, it was blowing the tent all over. Yeah, and that you know what though, the wind as hard as it blew, and we were at times having to put our foot on the flip up part of the shelter, and it did, it was distracting. But when we look back at that trip, having to fight that wind just kind of sets it out and creates memories too, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, probably never forget it. I guess. Yeah. And so now you're you so you say you're willing to go with your mean grandpa again on another fishing trip. Well, depends on how, I guess, how, how it goes. He's going to be a little bit nicer and maybe let me catch some more fish. <laughs> You're a trip, Hayden. I love you so much. You're a great kid. But overall, in all seriousness, you had two great experiences this fall. You were 14. You had touched the outdoors a little bit, but now you had a chance to really step out. How is your feeling about the outdoors? Do you think the outdoors is really going to be part of your life from now on? I'd like it to be. Like go hunting and maybe ice fishing every year, or even just fishing every year, I guess. But definitely, I enjoy it a lot. It really is an experience. It's something that I wanted you to share with people and kind of let them know. You know, people get out. You get, a lot of people are going to get outdoor gear for Christmas this year. Take a friend, a, uh, one of your children, a sibling, uh, your spouse, and go out and share something in the outdoors. It's just a special time that's different when you're out there. You're not distracted by everything else in life. You're having a good time. And I'll tell you what, we'll post this uh, podcast up on our um, up on our Facebook page, Aiden, and I'll put pictures of you with a, a, a trout and you with your buck up there, at least you with your buck, and we'll try to put one of your fishing pictures up there too. But uh, great time. I'm just thrilled to see you getting in the outdoors. And it's it's really neat to have shared it with you. You're a very special young man. Love you so much. Even if you give me a hard time, we're going to have some more fun together, Hayden, I promise, okay? All right. All right. Thank you. Merry Christmas, Hayden. Merry Christmas. All right. Hayden Wickstrom. Hopefully, you know, maybe he's the next generation who will get into the talk show in the outdoors. But he had a great time and his first time on the radio, but... Trust me, he gets enthusiastic about this. He really, really likes what he did, and hopefully it'll be a part of his life for a long time to come. We're coming up on the next uh, segment. We're going to have two segments in a row where we're going to talk some ice fishing. Nate Zielinski is going to join us, and after that, Austin Parr. And I've got some information that came into us from people who have been out on the ice. So we're going to talk about that coming up. We're going to talk about ice conditions down on the on the plains and up in the mountains. We have another set of ISE tickets to give away. So let's take a quick time out. We'll get back to it and we'll handle all that on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.